What's doing, everybody? Today is Thursday, June 29th. News anchor turned gubernatorial candidate in Arizona backed by President Donald Trump. Carrie Lake joins me on the podcast today. We are going to discuss her new book, Unafraid, Just Getting Started. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. What's doing, everybody? I'm Alec Lace, and for the last five years, I've hosted an award-winning podcast called First Class Fatherhood. For the most part, I've done my best to keep politics out of the conversation, but I cannot do that anymore. That is why I've decided to launch a new show, The Alec Lay Show. So hit the follow button and let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to The Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. If you're watching the live stream here on Rumble, uh, please do me a favor and share it so we get as many people into the live as possible. If you guys are listening here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please hit me with a rating or a review uh, to help build the presence of the Alec Lay Show, and thank you to all of you out there who have supported the show so far. I've been doing my best uh, to bring you guys, number one, the best stories that are out there that have effect on so many Americans, but number two, trying to bring you the best guests to break down the craziness that is coming at us from the left, from the Democrats. And today, I have got a tremendous guest for you guys. Carrie Lake is joining me here. We're going to discuss her new book, Unafraid, Just Getting Started. The link to her book is down there in the description of today's podcast episode. Today's episode is being brought to you by MyPillow. Get over to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. Uh, Mike Lindell has got this big, huge blowout sale going on now, the July 4th sale, where you could save up to 80%. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD over at MyPillow.com. All right, so we're going to jump right into this here. I am going to welcome Carrie Lake to the show. Let's bring her in. Uh, Joining me now, Carrie Lake, welcome to the Alec Lay Show. I'm so happy to be with you, Alec. Well, it's an honor for me. I know my time with you is limited, so let's jump into this. You got the new book, Unafraid. It's available now. Link is down in the description below. There's no doubt you are unafraid to be a voice for those that are afraid. And in my opinion, Carrie, I think parents... They are the underdog in this country right now. And so many parents are afraid of the direction the country is headed in that their kids are growing up in and the direction of the country that their kids are going to one day inherit. So what is your message here right out of the gate uh, to the parents out there in particular who are afraid? Uh, I agree with you. I think they were really afraid a few years ago when, you know, most moms and dads are out there working and just trying to raise their kiddos. And they were finding that if they started to speak out about politics, they were being shut down by a bunch of trolls online or being canceled. And they couldn't afford to be canceled because they had to put food on the table. And then COVID hit and people started to realize, wow, if we don't speak out now, we're not going to have an opportunity to speak out. We're going to lose our constitution, our free speech and all of that. And And so I believe that moms and dads are now speaking out. Every single hit we take, it's another mom and dad who says, wait a minute, this is wrong. And now what they're doing to our children in school, the left and the uniparty and the swamp have awoken a sleeping giant in pissed off moms and dads. And when you get a pissed off mom and dad in there, watch out. Because I think we all know the most dangerous place in nature is between a mama bear and her baby cub. And, and these moms and dads are, are not playing around anymore. They're not going to allow our country to go down the tubes and their children to inherit a communist country. So I I agree that they have been quiet and sitting on the sidelines, but I don't think they are anymore. 
And the more this um, psychological abuse through indoctrination and physical abuse through uh, child genital mutilation, which I can't even believe we're having to talk about in this country, the more we see that kind of garbage seeping in to our schools and our society and our culture, the more families are going to stand up and say, no, not on my watch. Yeah, and I'm one of those uh, dads, Carrie. I mean, I, I run a show called First Class Fatherhood. I've interviewed over 700 dads that, for the most part, kept politics out of the conversation. But I can't do it anymore. And that's why I'm doing this new show where it's like, I, I got to speak out. I can't be quiet about these things anymore. And one of them, obviously, thank God, we're just about out of the woods of, of Pride Month here. We got a couple days left of the Pride Month. But I think that this month has been a, a win, I would say, for conservatives who I think have fallen behind in this battle for our kids because they, they have been coming for our children, despite what they say, we've seen it now more than ever. And I think more parents have realized this. Uh, and we've seen even students we saw in Massachusetts, we had middle schoolers that stood up and protested against this pride thing that was being shoved down their throats. Parents have have stood up against this. We've seen what happened with the Bud Light. We've seen what happened with the Target. What, what, what's your take on Pride Month this year? Well, I think you're right about the kids standing up. I'm telling you, we had so many kids and young people involved in our movement not just things like uh, an agenda that they don't agree with being shoved down their throats, but COVID was so horrible for the young people. I mean, think of the stuff we were doing when we were young. We were having the time of our life, hanging out with our friends. These kids were forced home, taken away from their friends, forced out of school, forced to wear masks. And the kids had to wear the masks much longer than the adults did. And I was standing out a long time ago going, get these masks off our beautiful children's faces. We won't stand for it. And I think they're recognizing a lot of this, uh, you know, Pride Month stuff and the transgenderism goes against what they want. They even recognize it's wrong. Everyone is figuring out what's going on. They're waking up at different speeds and they're speaking out. And I'm actually encouraged by what I'm seeing. As dark as it feels, it's always darkest before the dawn. We're closer today, Alec to taking our country back than we were even yesterday, a month ago, two months ago. And um, I know that the moms and dads are involved now, so we're going to stay in there and fight. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm one of those dads. I bought my kids the fake masks that were like screened. They looked legit, but they, they were fake. You could breathe right through them because I yeah. thought it was so terrible that they had to do that. And I, and I see it with my oldest son. He, yeah, go ahead. Well, and they forced parents to abuse their children with that to, in order for the kids to go to school. And, you know, I didn't make my kids wear the masks. I actually encourage them not to. Sometimes they would because they're like, well, we want to go do something with our friends and we have to. But I told them, I will, I will stand up for you if you get in trouble, if you get kicked out, whatever it takes, do not wear that mask against your will. But not every parent had that opportunity. I, it broke my heart to see these moms who had to go off to work, drop their kids at a daycare, and they were forced to put their precious toddlers in masks and the toddlers crying and pulling it off. It made me so livid. And we can never forget that they did that ever. No. Even, the, even the fact that we know it didn't do anything. I, I drove a lot of Uber during the pandemic and I, I never wore it in my own car. And people would ask me to put it on and I would throw them out of the car. And I ain't putting it on. If you don't like it, get in at an Uber. We ain't doing Actually, this. I ain't yeah. playing the game. Bad for our health. It's bad for our health to sit there and breathe in uh, our waste. Well, back to the book here, Unafraid. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, you, 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 you triggered talk me. 
<laughs> you you talk about Donald Trump obviously a lot, President Trump in the book. Uh, you, you know, you would think that the way the media portrays President Trump that he's the guy that raised a son like Hunter Biden, uh, but it's quite the opposite of what we see. I, I've had his son. Uh, I've done a few interviews with his son, Eric Trump. His kids are successful, uh, w- well spoken, and and so the media has really turned. You know, Donald Trump. We know that we've seen it. But what was the moment when you became a true Trump supporter, and what do you hope or wish more people knew about? President Trump, the man, the father, the American. Well, I talk about um, the first time I ever heard of, of Donald Trump growing up when, in what I call the red pill generation. I'm a Gen Xer between the baby boomers and millennials. And I remember um, growing up youngest of nine, we worked really hard because we had to. I was babysitting and I turned the TV on and a show called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous came on. And I've always, I've never been jealous of people's success. I wanted to know how did they achieve that? And I watched the show and here's this, uh, you know, real estate tycoon from New York City in a high rise with a beautiful wife and a lovely family. Little did I know that some 40 years later, I would be in that tower in the sky, um, sitting across the desk from President Trump, talking about our movement in Arizona, and he would be uh, vowing to support me in our campaign. Um He's an incredible man. I have uh, love and respect, great love and respect for President Trump, his incredible wife, Melania, his beautiful family. I've gotten to know Don and Eric and and the kids, and and they are an upstanding family who love this country and have given up so much. It is despicable what the media has done. And the media working hand in hand with the swamp, these uniparty folks, some of them Democrats, some of them even Republicans, they're the swamp, they're pushing globalism and communism, and they don't want America first people in office. They want to destroy America. And so they're working hand in hand with the media to tear him down. They had to tear him down because he's going to reveal the corruption that they've been up to for decades. And so anybody out there who doesn't love President Trump and respect him, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you have been the victim of a massive brainwashing scheme that has been going on for eight years now. He's the one guy actually fighting for us. And, you know, it, it breaks my heart that people have been, have succumbed to this brainwashing and indoctrination coming out of the media, but it's powerful. Our brains are malleable. And, and when you believe what the media is saying and you hear it day after day, they're putting these worms in your brain telling you things You start to believe it and you don't want to speak out and go. Some people aren't strong enough to speak out and say, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense because they don't want to be ostracized. Being ostracized is very painful to people who are um, a weaker, um, I guess, character, and they don't want to feel like they're on the outside. I'm, I'm willing to feel like I'm on the outside if I'm speaking the truth. And that's what we have to get to. I think eventually people will, will come around and realize that Trump is the actual one guy who's trying to save this country. Yeah, very well said. And, and speaking about uh, destroying America, Trump's predecessor, Obama, you also met uh, in, in, in you talk about that in the book where you where you meet President uh, Barack Obama. One thing that I liked about Obama before I realized he was a snake in the grass was that he had uh, a great Father's Day speech back in 2008. And in my opinion, the fatherless crisis is the number one social issue yeah. we have in our country, because all these other things stem from 
the fatherless crisis that we have, all these other things that are rooted in it. And President Obama, before he became president, he already won the nomination, but he gave a phenomenal Father's Day speech addressing the fatherless crisis, particularly in the African-American community uh, where it is the worst. And unfortunately, we never heard him talk about it again, barely over the next eight years when he became president. But I really believe that. I remember that. that. Yeah, I, and, and he spoke passionately about it. But, uh, but I, I really think that, it, you know, if we can solve the problem and heal our nuclear family units in this country, bring God back into society, I think those two things would really solve most of the trouble we're seeing in our country. What's your take? The most important institution in any country is the family, the family unit. And there's been an, an, a deliberate attack on that. And it, it started, I believe, back when they started to um, export all of our companies and our manufacturing. And when they when they exported our manufacturing, it, it really started to uh, tear away at the family because dad no longer had a good job. Maybe he had a factory job working in manufacturing. And, the, and when, when dad feels uh, depressed and he's lost his job and he can't help provide for his family, that creates strife in the family. And then they introduced a, the drug epidemic in our cities and that further hurt our families, especially and the black family when sending people like Joe Biden with his crime bill, sending off um, many uh, fathers to prison and leaving black families with no uh, head of the family. And then the government encouraging, uh, this, is dis- this is disgusting, encouraging women not to marry their, the father of their child. And rewarding that kind of destruction to the family with money. And they've been doing this over and over. The left wants the middle class gone. They want people impoverished and poor and and reliant on the government. And that is is hurting our family. I'm from a family where my father pretty much raised me. He was an incredible dad. We have nine children, eight girls and one boy. And I think especially for girls, dads are incredibly important because they help kind of define who you are. So you don't have to look for that out in the world. You know that you're solid when your dad loves you. And I believe very much that fathers are um, in some ways the most important parent. I think from age, uh, from infant to four, when you're in that nurturing stage, of child development, moms are really important. And then as you go out into the world and find your way, that love of a father, that support of a father is so critical. And we need to support. I think we need to with with taxes. And you know, we give tax breaks to big corporations who really don't care about us. What about giving a, a tax break to families who stay together and uh, do the right thing and raise their children? That would be actually refreshing as opposed to giving tax breaks and money to Ukraine, big corporations that are actually um, hurting our mom and pop shops and our small businesses. I'd like to see us support our families a little more. I couldn't agree with you more. It's disgusting what is happening. We were seeing right now 25% of people 40 years and up aren't married. And that's the that's the record that we're seeing. People aren't getting married. We're, we're not having as many children as we used to. Uh, our population uh, birth rate is in decline. And I, I think a lot of it stems from this attack on the nuclear family. But one of the things that does come out of this uh, fatherlessness problem is the homeless situation, because 90% of the kids and youth that are running away or, or that are homeless come from fatherless households. But homelessness 
homelessness is a problem, particularly in blue state, blue cities. But we see it all over the country. Yeah. Like, and when we say homeless, it's not like a guy that's batted out and he can't pay this month's rent. We're talking about drug addicts and we're talking about mental health patients. That's the homelessness that we see in our country all over the streets. I know you tweeted yesterday. You got a plan that can help combat this chronic homeless problem that we're seeing on the street. What could be done about it? What do we do? I think I was the only candidate uh, in 22 that had a plan. And President Trump is actually talking about it, his Agenda 47. It's going to take a lot of work. This has been part of the destabilization of America that comes through a wide open borders and a constant push of deadly fentanyl pouring in, uh, drug addiction being forced on our kids. So many of our kids are, are taking drugs from a young age for a variety of issues from ADD, ADHD, and we're in many ways not educating our kids properly and making them feel like they have the skills to get out in the world. If you go to San Francisco, LA, Phoenix, New York, any big city, even middle-sized cities, and see the chronic street homelessness, the saddest thing in the world is many of the uh, chronically homeless are young men at the prime of their life. But we've done such a, a horrible disservice to our young men. And I'm a mom to a boy. So this is close to my heart. I want my son to go out and be the strongest man he can and, and raise a family and be a great father. But society and culture is telling our men they're toxic. They're terrible. They're telling our men that they're responsible for racism and, and they're, they're twisting history to make it sound like it's been the men who've been awful. And it's very much needs to change or we're going to continue to see this. I think we need to absolutely work to get these people help and we need to do it with tough love, get them the help, get them the treatment, but we can't get them off drugs and then have a wide open border with nonstop flow of fentanyl pouring in. It's really hard to get off drugs when it's everywhere around you. And that's why I support President Trump's very tough stance on drug dealers and uh, the cartels. This is a war. This is a war on America. They're trying to destroy a young generation. And it's, uh, it's got, we've got to stand up and do something. We can do something if we have a will to do something, but we cannot solve these problems if we don't solve the problem at our border. And we can't solve these problems if we're sending all of our treasure over to Ukraine to start a war. And we certainly can't solve these problems if we have elections that are being rigged. Because I know the people of Arizona voted for me. They wanted my homeless plan to be enacted. They wanted my plan to secure the border. They wanted the plan to um, make sure that we're fully funding our police and properly educating our kids, including with trade skill training in high school. So they're ready to hit the ground running right when they graduate from high school. But they stopped our movement and they stole our victory by rigging elections. And that why I, that is why, Alec, I believe uh, reforming our elections is the most important issue because we can't solve the other ones if they're stealing our elections. Yeah, it makes no sense how good a campaign you run if, if the election is rigged. So what's the point anyway? You could have the greatest candidate in the world, but if, if the system is rigged, there's no there's no point. And to your point, uh, you know, it's hard to get off drugs, too, when you have shooting galleries like they have in New York, where you can go and legally shoot heroin and they have crack pipe dispensaries like that's not helping the situation here either. And that's what's been used to combat it in, the, in New York City, at least. And I think it's a disgrace. But I, well, I, I want... yeah, they say we have we, we have too many um, drug arrests. What's the answer? How about we work to try to get people off drugs, give them hope, <laughs> give them skills training. I'm telling you, many of these people end up homeless because we at 18, they're out on their own and they don't even have skills 
to even apply for a job, let alone get a job. We don't give them any skills training in school. We just indoctrinate them. Let's start there. So rather than saying uh, we're going to bring down drug arrests by solving the drug problem, they go, well, let's just make using drugs legal. It is counterproductive. It's destructive to our young people. I want to see this young generation, millennials and Gen Z, not only believe this, but achieve it, the American dream. I want them to say, yes, I do want to get married. I want to start a family. That is the greatest gift in life. You ask anybody at any age who's a mom and dad, what is the greatest thing? Whether they've had the most success ever, I venture to guess that President Trump would say that. His greatest achievement are his children. And he's achieved quite a bit. Everybody who's been a parent said, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And they're trying to brainwash our kids into thinking that being a parent is a bad thing. It's an amazing thing. And we need to turn this around. And I'm going to work to do that. I can't tell you how hard I've tried to get President Trump on my show, First Class Fatherhood. I actually had press credentials at the White House. I was there 12 times while he was the president as a podcaster. I'm a railroad mechanic, so that's what I do. I've been doing that for over two decades. And I was in the White House. I was absolutely blown away by what I saw as the White House press corps and these media people. I was like, these are the guys that are giving us supposed to be non-biased. They're supposed to be giving us this, the straight dope from uh, what's going on at the White House. I was like, I couldn't believe listening to these people talking trash about Trump uh, like openly. And I was like, this is wild what I'm seeing here. But no, if, if I had that Donald- same experience, I was at the and I talk about it in the book. That's what I wanted to ask you. Um, I was there uh, interviewing Obama as a journalist and in the press room were a bunch of lapdogs just, you know, gushing over how much they love Obama. One year later, I find myself back in the press room interviewing um, some folks in the Trump administration, and I'm hearing the press around me bad-mouthing the administration and the person they are to be covering. That is so unprofessional, inappropriate, and wrong. And no wonder we've been, and I'm glad President Trump called them out as the fake news. Now we're more and people are awake that the news is just pushing a bunch of lies. You're, you're more um, intelligent. You're more informed when you're not listening to the news because it's four, it's five or six corporations controlling all the information we get and their agenda. Think about it. A corporation's agenda is what? Is it Americanism? No. A corporation's agenda is globalism. And globalism is a fancy word for communism. And they will destroy this country if we allow them to. So turn off these people, find yourself some good independent journalists who've broken away and listen to them and do your own research. We don't need this corporate media, this corrupt media to feed into our brains, their agenda and their false narrative. Yeah, very well said, Carrie. And I know you obviously you mentioned there you're a mama bear. You love being a mom. You're a family woman. But I know that what you've done here has got to have taken a toll. There's a price to pay uh, for throwing your hat in the ring. And God bless you for doing it because we need your voice there. But what has been the toll? What has been the effect on you as a mom and, and your family uh, from throwing your hat in the political ring? Well, thankfully, my, my children are a little older. Had they been younger, it just wouldn't have been possible to jump into the political fray. And little did I know it was as swampy and corrupt as it is. Although I should have listened to President Trump. He's been telling us that for a long time. Um, it's difficult. I mean, it, it is stressful. And But I also realized that I've had a lot of training in my life to deal with stress, to deal with difficulty. And I think that God gave me all the training I need for this moment. And I want everybody out there, the dads listening and the moms to realize that we have the ability to get through this and to save our country. 
we're in a, a pivotal moment in American history and frankly, in human history. And I believe that God placed us here. The same God who parted the Red Sea is with us right now. He placed us here for a reason to save our country. And I, when I'm feeling down, I try to remember that, that I'm so blessed to be here at this time in history. I mean, you think that our founding fathers, when they were clawing our freedom from the monarchy, talk about globalists, the monarchy, King George, you think they felt down and afraid? They didn't even have the, the creature, uh, the modern um, comforts that we have. And they were fighting against uh, the biggest globalist uh, in the history. And I'm sure they felt afraid at times, but uh, God placed them there at that moment. And I know they they did the right thing. And I think we will do the right thing. Just remember, whenever you're afraid of what an opportunity we have to um, go down in history as somebody who helped preserve the greatest country this world's ever known. Yeah, very well said. And obviously, I, I believe you will run again. I, I, I think your political career is far. I, I, I very well do believe that I could be speaking to or interviewing uh, the first female president that we ever see in this country. Uh, so uh, what what but now if you do run for office again, which I believe you will, what do you do differently? Obviously, the 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 the, the, the stuff that's going on with the elections has got to be fixed. But what do you personally what how do you approach it differently? What do you do next time out? Well, I really wouldn't change how I campaigned at all. We ran a brilliant campaign. It, it was uh, with the people behind us and with us, not behind us, right up here with us. This was never about me. I was encouraged and recruited by the people of Arizona. And we uh, had incredible policy. I ran against somebody who didn't even have policy. We took the America First agenda that President Trump so brilliantly rolled out and is continuing to roll out, by the way, with his Agenda 47 some of the best political policy I've ever seen to turn our country around from the nightmare called Joe Biden. So we took those policies and in many ways, we um, morphed them into policies that would put Arizona first because we are, after all, 50 sovereign states. We're not uh, serfs to the federal government. And we were ready to take back our sovereignty. And we had incredible policy that was not extremist, that was not far right. It was common sense. The media has to call us extremists and far right because they have to always play opposite day. They are the extremists. The left is the extremists. The Uniparty are pushing extremist ideas. Think about it. The Uniparty, which is also the swamp made up of Democrats and even some Republicans, are pushing extremist agenda of wide open borders, millions of people pouring in from all over. We don't know who they are. We do know that many of them are criminals and terrorists. They're pushing a wide open extremist border where drugs are pouring in and killing our young generation. They're pushing a, a education, extremist education, where our kids are being indoctrinated rather than taught real skills and a true proper education. These people are the extremists. These people, and we're not far right, but so far we have been right about everything. And so we just have to turn the TV off, not listen to their bogus twisting and opposite day, everything's opposite day in the news and realize that the truth is with us. And if we keep moving forward, we are going to save our country. And I, and I talk a lot about it in the book, which is for sale, it came out yesterday. We're doing quite well. I'm really proud of it. I promise your listeners, this is not one of those stories and books where you have to get 10 pages in to try to get hooked in. I promise you from the first sentence of this book, the first sentence you're going to be hooked in. I was just communicating with uh, Congressman Gates who read it. And he said that uh, he was so hooked on it from the minute he picked it up. He read it all night, picked it up the next morning and finished it. 
And I'm, I'm really proud that everyone who has read it has said, I could not put this book down. It starts with a foreword written by President Trump, and it was really um, beautifully written. You can just hear his voice in it. And we take you through my childhood growing up as a young girl in the Midwest, um, youngest of nine, and living the American dream through hard work and dedication and into this amazing political movement that um, I was blessed to be part of and help leading and to uh, the biggest crime ever on t- November 8th of 2022 when they sabotaged our election and what's next and how people can get involved and help out. Yeah, unafraid, uh, getting, just getting started. Link is in the description down below. I know my time is short. Last thing I want to hit you with here, just because I believe the odds are stacked against them, that new couple that just got married that's out there in America today that's just planning to start their family. Uh, what's your advice to them? Do it. First of all, congratulations that you just got married and start that family. Don't delay. We need, first of all, we need more good, honest people in this world. And I love that these conservative couples are getting married and having kids. Um, It is the greatest joy you will ever have. I know the world's a scary place. Raise those babies, bring them up, take care of them, you know, homeschool them for goodness sakes. I wouldn't want to uh, throw my kids into the schools right now. And just enjoy the heck out of your family. It is the greatest gift that God gives us. Uh, it, it's really um, it's really a union with God. It's a union between man and, and wife, man and woman, and God. And it's the greatest gift ever. So I encourage you to have a big family. I come from nine. I only had two kids. I have a boy and a girl. Um, my son's almost 19 and my daughter's 20. And I guess my biggest regret is I didn't have more kids, but I'm so blessed with the two I have. Very well said. I love the message. This has been a real honor for me. Carrie Lake, uh, Unafraid, link down below. New book is out now. Get yourself a copy. Thank you so much. This was an honor for me. Thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time on the Alec Lace Show. Thank you. And thanks for being a great father and uh, encouraging that with others. We we need our strong men and we need our strong women too. But I always get criticized when I say women are not equal to men. You know, the left loses their mind. And men are not equal to women. We are made by God to be complimentary. And uh, I appreciate everything you're doing. Amen. Thank you. All right. Such an honor to have Carrie Lake join me here on the Alec Lay Show. That was so awesome. If you guys enjoyed that interview, uh, please help me share it. Help me spread the word about it. If you're following here, if you're watching live on Rumble, uh, hit the follow button down below. If you're listening here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please subscribe or follow. Help with a, a comment, a like, a share, a review, whatever you can do to help spread the word here. Uh, I'm doing my best to to get some more guests here for the show. If you guys have missed any of the other guests that have been here, including Judge uh, Judge Janine Pirro, Senator Josh Hawley, uh, please go down there below on my channel here on Rumble or flip through the archives there on Apple Podcasts. You'll find those interviews. Uh, take a listen. We've got to do something here, and it's one of the reasons why I have decided to do this Alec Lay show is that you know I've, I've kept politics out of the conversation for the most part in over 700 interviews that I've done with dads on First Class Fatherhood, and I am really, just like so many other parents that are out there, just so sick and tired of this stuff, uh, just going one way, one-sided, in the media, in college, on the news. Uh, it, it's, just, it's, it's just poisoning our society, poisoning our children with this Marxist, communist, socialist ideology, 
And I, I pray to God more people will step up. Carrie Lake is one of them. God knows she is unafraid, and we do need more people like her. So I really appreciate her giving me a few minutes of her time. It was an honor to have her. Again, the link to her book, Unafraid, is down there in the description of today's podcast episode as well. Join me next week. I'll be here live on Rumble Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope everybody out there has a great weekend. God bless all you parents out there. God bless America. God bless our troops and our first responders. And I will catch you next week.